Alright, we're back for another morning edition of... What's the channel called? Casting Pods, left and right. 59, 59. So, we're going to continue with the whole survival strat thing and go into... How would you survive? Are we going to say dropped or stranded in the desert? Like, do you have supplies or are you just lost? say dropped dropped yeah. like what do we have in here like like you have a knife a canteen knife canteen and a tent maybe knife, knife canteen and like matches and stuff alright yeah so scratch the tent because that would be too much cheating yeah knife canteen and matches so obviously when you're in the desert First problem is going to be finding some water. Yeah. So, like, if you're in this type of desert around here, just follow. Like, if you can find some cottonwoods or some Russian olives anywhere, then you know there's abundant water there. But you can also get water from cactus, and you can dig it up underneath yucca plants. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere in the desert, if you can dig in a certain spot in the wash, you could probably hit groundwater. Yeah. So but then you got to do the Bear Grylls t-shirt thing. Filter out all the ickies. Then you could probably drink it. I mean, if you had to, you could probably just drink your own pee, but... Yeah, I'm not like Bear Grylls. I don't really take enjoyment in that idea. Ever tried it, but I would rather try to dig for water first before I drink my piss. Yeah. Yeah. Then you gotta figure out uh, shelter. Yeah. Because for me, being from the desert, I know you don't just go a hole up in some random hole in the cliff. Because that random hole in the cliff could very well be home to a mountain lion or a bobcat. Scorpions, rattlesnakes, yeah. brown bear, raccoon, badger, skinwalker, any of those. Oh, yeah, this type of thing. In this type of desert, it's not even, I mean, depending upon the time of year, like, say, if we're doing it like summertime. Yeah. You really wouldn't need shelter. I mean, you could just sleep on the ground. Well, you could. And you, I mean, I'm just saying you'd be fine. It's not like you're going to get rained on or... Hold on, definitely not rained on, but I think maybe, like, if you're there for the long haul, like, you're trying to hold out in the desert for a while. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. You're that's... definitely going to want something to get out of the sun. Yeah. You're probably going to want something to keep away from the creators. Because, uh... I guess you got coyotes to contend with, too. Foxes. I don't think foxes is really going to bother you. Well, coyotes might, but yeah. they're pretty skittish. And they will if they're hungry, I guess. trick there is going to be once you get your shelter in place when you get your food obviously you're going to have to hunt something with your knife or set up a trap mm -hmm. but whatever you catch and or kill it's a big, big brain move here folks you're going to want to skin and clean the animal away from your campsite other animals that are larger and hungrier will go to the gut pile not to the campsite and yeah. just a personal recommendation for me if you're going to be cooking food in the middle of the desert do it in the daytime not at night because if you're cooking something in the middle of nowhere at nighttime, odds are you're probably going to bring a mountain lion to your campsite because yeah. I have personally done that three times
it's a lot scarier at night than it is during the day. <laughs> at least during the day, you could see them. Well, another thing, too, you could always sleep during the day and walk at night. Yeah. You should. You actually, you might be better off that way because uh, snakes are cold-blooded. And the desert gets quite cold at night, contrary to popular belief. So you probably have less of a chance of like rattlesnake bites and stuff at night. Plus, walking would keep you warmer. Yeah, you wouldn't use as much bodily fluids like sweat and stuff. Yeah. So you wouldn't have sure. to have water as often. I think the big thing if you're lost in the desert is you gotta find a wash. Yeah. You find a wash, that wash will eventually lead to a river. Yeah. You might have to take like seven or eight different washes to get to the river. But if you can find a big wash, it normally leads to a river. Or if you're not from this area, a wash. It's also known as an arroyo. If you want to be technical about it. Yeah. But around here, we just call them wash. The only thing you got to be careful about there is if it is like monsoon season, you got to watch out for them flash floods. Because yeah. they can happen in a heartbeat. And it don't even have to be raining where but you're then at. Then you wouldn't be looking for water. You wouldn't be looking for anything anymore. Because I've seen them walls of water come down to Largo, man. 20 foot tall waves in the middle of the desert. It's kind of strange. But it happens. But on the bright side, you might get to, get to the river faster. Yeah. If you don't hit any barbed wire fences or cars. Just like build your little raft where you can just hop on it. Just carry like a sled behind you that floats. That way, if the water starts coming, you just jump up on your little boat. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the way to go. Float your way to the river and then float your way to, to a town. Yeah, and odds are, at least in this type of desert, if you're in a wash trying to find your way to civilization, you're going to spot a house somewhere. It might be 60, 80 miles of walking down the wash, but eventually you're going to hit somebody's house. <clears throat> it's not like the Sahara where there's no nothing. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of nothing here, but there's also a lot of people who live in the nothing. Yeah, well, like another thing too, you can just go set it on location. Yeah, if you can find an also location, eventually somebody's going to get there. As long as you hear noise. That might be two or three days. Yeah, but you could hold out up on the stairs on the oil tank. <laughs> if you're scared of the critters. Yeah. Just go turn off the compressor. Somebody will be out there. Yeah. Somebody on call. What about like a jungle? Jungle? Yeah. Yeah, jungle I would be a lot less comfortable in. So, the main thing in the jungle, I don't think you're going to have any shortage of water. You could probably find that pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, your main thing is you're going to be getting food that's not going to kill you. probably find fruits and stuff like that, but, like, okay, you're in the jungle, you got tigers, panthers, jungle, whatever they call the jungle bears, then you got 
poisonous spiders, poisonous frogs, poisonous snakes, poisonous insects, and baboons. These baboons will get after you. That doesn't seem like a place you really want to be. It doesn't really seem like my kind of deal, but I think you could make a pretty solid shelter in the jungle. The trick for me in the jungle would be building a shelter that's going to keep out the little critters too. Yeah. Because uh, you can probably die faster from a spider or a snake in the jungle than you will from like a tiger or a panther. Yeah. Or any large predators. The small little non-predators you have to worry about. See, like on all these shows that we watch about like people like making shelters and stuff there. I never once see them trying to make, you know, using mud. To like plug holes. Plug holes, yeah. Like so, like say you got a whole bunch of like sticks. You lean them up and made like a lean to. Then you just get some mud and you fill in those holes and some mud and grass and stuff because you don't have a shortage of those at all. Oh, and then I didn't even think about that. When you're process of getting your water, you're going to have to be selective about where you get said water. Piranhas? Because in the jungle you have piranhas, you have little parasites that can swim up your peter, you have boa constrictors, pythons, caimans, and alligators. Or crocodiles, sorry. We're the ones with gators, they're the ones with crocodiles. And a lot of other big fish that will probably enjoy taking a nip out of you. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you gotta be selective about where you go. I was thinking making like a, like a, just like a big leaf. Oh, like a water collector? Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do that. There's enough humidity in the air. Well, that, and it like rains every damn day. Well, yeah, that's true. A lot of rainwater, so I mean, I don't think you're gonna be in a shortage, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. You're gonna want to stay out of the water, yeah. Yeah, and it's just the big thing, really. I think the big thing would be keeping the insects out of your shelter. And I don't really necessarily know how to go about finding a civilization in a jungle. That's another thing you're gonna. Another thing you're gonna have to contend with in certain parts of the world is there are still tribes out there that don't have outside contact with like normal people. Yeah. That still live in the old ways, and some of them are pretty cool, I've heard, if you happen upon them. Other ones, not so much, I don't think. So, you have to be kind of picky-choosy about who you let see you, too. Not that you're going to know they're there. Yeah. I would say a good game plan would be to get to the top of the trees, but that seems like a terrible idea. Follow along the riverbanks ish. Wanna stay too close, but if you can kind of follow the general direction of the river, odds are you're probably gonna hit a village. Eventually. Yeah, either that or the ocean. <clears throat> yeah, or you're gonna see some fishermen on the river. always somebody 
puts a giant bug crawling across their face in the middle of the night and they're freaking out. You're the one who chose not to shore up your shelter, Sharon. Well, I mean, you might not be able to get every insect out, but... Ooh, there's another one. I would be trying to find a way to, like, semi-mosquito net my shelter. That's all I mean, use mud to block it up and have, like, a tiny asshole for an entrance so you can cover up with, like, your shirt. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to cover up, like, if you had a window, you'd have to have some sort of covering over your window, which you could probably achieve with leaves. Probably not, because that just leaves more room for something to come in there and kill you at night. Yeah. But I don't know what... I don't think warmth is going to be an issue. It might be at nighttime. That and staying dry, probably. Well, if you have a nice shelter, that's... Yeah, but I mean, like... Insulated. Eventually, you're going to yeah. have to go... Get more food, more water. Yeah. Get yourself all soaking wet from all the humidity and stuff. You're gonna want to have a fire to dry your clothes. Yeah. You know what I don't think I would enjoy also? What's that? Trapped on an island. So let's jump into that one. I feel like I'd be alright. That wouldn't be the worst. But, uh, I guess it depends on the type of island. Like, if there's some fruit and stuff hanging out in the jungle-ish, if there is that on the island, then yeah, you got like a semi-food source you can kind of survive off of, you know? Yeah. Then you go sharpen yourself a stick and you go out and go spearfishing. You fashion a net of some sort. A net fish. But I mean, depends on how big the island is, but just from my personal preference, I think if there was a jungle on said island, I would be sticking to the beach as much as possible. Yeah. I'd build my shelter on the beach, and I mean, you could get a pretty solid shelter, I think, if you did it right dig out a two or three foot hole, set your corner posts, backfill, wet your sand down a little bit, tamp it in. Yep. And then, I mean, do whatever you want for the walls, but once you get the foundation and the roof, I think you're pretty set. Keep you out of the sun. Plus, if you've got a shelter built on the shore, it's going to be more likely that somebody passing by is going to spot you. My other idea would be to get as much wood as I possibly could. I'd be having me some bonfires at night. Uh, yeah. Because from, like, I don't remember the exact metric, but I know the human eye can see the light of a candle from, like, a... Like 200 yards? 300 yards? It's a pretty crazy amount of distance, but if you can see the light of a candle from that far away at night, think about what you can do with a bonfire. You got a lot more chance of somebody finding you at night than during the day with a fire. But at the same time, if you don't know how long you're going to be there, you don't want to use all your wood. No, that's also true. So, I mean, you could just Depending do regular... how big the forest, or how big the island is. Regular campfires at night also. Yeah. And if you've got an island that's the radius of what you could cover, within like a couple hours, you could start on one part of the island, build a campfire, and go to the next, build a campfire, just make your rounds all the way around the island. Yeah. And then light each fire at night. And let it burn until it's out. 
would just keep your fire right there at your shelter going. I mean, odds are you're probably going to have, like, lobsters and crabs. Well, at least crabs cruising along the shore or very shallow water. So that's one thing you could get for protein. Probably gonna get the crab pinched out of you a couple times. I'd rather have that than. And then, depending on how big the island is, there may even be like some small game hanging out on the island. But I caution against going into like a jungle if there's a jungle on the island, just because of things we already talked about. You don't know what's gonna be in there. I just feel like you're probably safer sticking to the beach. Yeah, but you also don't know either, though. I mean, who knows? You might be able to find... Utopia? Well, you might be able to find, like, a... Durango Joe's. No, just kidding. You might be able to find something, though, by going into the forest. like. No, you will. I'm just saying. If you go in go in careful, like, don't just go in like you're going into your backyard, because who knows, you might be walking right into the mouth of a volcano and you don't even know it, you just fall in, game over. Now I can tell you this much, if the island I was on was an active volcano, I would be getting real friendly with the sharks trying to find another island. Yeah. Because I think I would rather be eaten by a shark than burn in lava. I have seen Dante's Peak and I don't want no part of that. Do you remember that movie? Uh uh. Oh man, did that. Ugh. Killed me when I was a little kid, man. Like they're in this lake and they're trying to get across, but the lava went into the water, so it's like ridiculously hot. Mm. It's like eating through their boat. And they're trying to figure out how to go faster, and the grandma just bails out and she's walking the boat across the lake. Just like boiled her to death. Watching that when you're six. Like, oh my god! Mm. No! Now I watch it and I'm just like, you go, Granny! But I, there's certain things in this world I don't think you have much of a chance of surviving off of your own skills. You just kind of have to put your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye. And then after that, you just hope and pray for the best. Like a tsunami, I don't know many people that are coming out of a tsunami based off of their own skills. I think maybe a lot of it has to do with luck. Yeah. Or you got somebody watching out for you. Same with the volcano. Just, I don't know, man. Volcanoes don't really stop and take into consideration people's lives. Ask everybody in Pompeii, am I right? Um, so, yeah, tsunamis, volcanoes, mudslides, avalanches, all that crazy natural disaster stuff, man. I don't know. I feel like nowadays avalanches are less apt to take people out. Unless they're there when it happens, you know? But, like... I don't ever hear of any avalanches coming down and wiping out an entire town in Colorado, you know? Well, I think people kind of figure out smart where the avalanches like, are. Maybe we just move the town 100 feet down the road. Yeah. The avalanche will go right past us. Yeah. So, that being said... I don't 
was survival in the mountains. I feel like that's easy, though. The mountains, I feel like, is pretty easy. Really, the only thing you have to contend with is snakes and bears. Like... Bears and mountain lions. No, and mountain lions. But if you know what you're doing with the predators, they're really not going to be much of a problem unless they're just really hungry or really pissed. Well, a good way to keep animals away is by your own urine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, animals aren't going to come looking for you. Yeah, they're not like in the movies. They don't hunt you. Well, I mean, they can. Well, they can, but, I mean... It's not common for them to, like, just all of a sudden see a human and they're like, ooh, tasty snack. You normally have to do something to make them mad or you encroach on uh, their territory. Either at their own fucking time, yeah. Yeah. And if you see baby animals, do alone. not go up to the baby animals and, oh, look at the little baby player. Because that's how you get your face ripped off. Yeah. They are like very territorial with their children. So don't mess with the baby animals. Just leave them be. Yeah, other than that, you're fine. But I mean, if you pee around like your campsite and stuff, there will be less of a chance. I mean, there will be a lot of your scent floating around the air. Yeah, and especially and animals are going <laughs> to avoid you. Especially if you think dominant thoughts while you pee. <laughs> Just think about how manly you are. Mountains, I feel like, is pretty easy for most people. I mean, there's a lot of deadfall up in the mountains, you know? Yeah. So you got plenty of down logs already for fire and for shelter. Yeah. Mountains would be fairly easy. The only thing, other than bears and mountain lions, you're going to have to contend with is getting a solid shelter before November hits. Sometimes September. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the times, if you're in a mountainous region, you could probably just find somebody's cabin to break into for a couple days. Yeah. And like, worse comes to worse. Go sit in their garage. <laughs> yeah. Under the porch. Somebody should be showing up eventually, right? Or maybe they've got a landline. Maybe. You never know. Some places that's feasible, but other places I feel like it's not or so maybe much. there's like a map. Or a map, yeah, maybe you can get your bearings. Like, if you can find the fire watch towers. Like the forest service towers. Yeah. If you can find one of them, go up there. Because most of those have like AM radio, I think. Have I think they've all got site. like emergency kits. Yeah. And somebody's gonna be there sooner rather than later. So if you can find a fire tower or whatever, you know, go up there. Then you don't have to worry about the windigos and stuff like that, you know. Just kidding. I hope I'm just kidding. I've never seen one in the mountains yet. I don't ever want to see Wendigo. Wendigo. They like uh, it's an old Native American thing. Like they used to be people, and then they ate somebody. That's why on Lone Ranger, yeah, he calls that guy Wendigo. Yeah. But it's uh, like they eat somebody, and then they become like some jacked-up monster. Like a lot of them look like. Kind of like they have the faces of like a deer-ish, like a skull, but like with fangs and big old teeth, and then like the rest of their bodies are like rotting flesh and fur, and kind of like Skinwalker, oh. except they're feral and hungry. You know, one thing I found out about Skinwalkers that I didn't know before. I was reading on them the other day. Supposedly, 
there's like levels of skinwalker like you can be like a really good skinwalker and you could come out if you're good you can look exactly like a deer but then if you're like not that good you're gonna look kind of like a zombie deer and then if you just really suck you're just gonna be like a dude wearing a deer skin supposedly I don't know how true that is. I've never interviewed one. Don't really want to either. Yeah. I think I'm set for life on that. I'm just saying, dude, if half of the stuff that are legends around this area are true, I don't want to know. The only one I would like to really discover for sure is Bigfoot. Yeah, exactly. I would like to discover him. Or her. Whatever it is. I really don't know. I guess I always assumed it was a guy, but it could be a girl. Well, there's got to be girl big feet. Yeah. Lady feet. Lady foots. Lady foots. Yeah, there would have to be in order for it to last this long. Uh, you know, I find myself all the time when I walk outside at night, I'm genuinely not scared of the dark or of nighttime, but I start thinking these thoughts in my brain. Oh, yeah. And the thoughts is what kills me because I know. There's nothing out there, except maybe like some skunks. But, then I'm like, hey, you know, it would be creepy if La Llorona was just crying right now, wouldn't it? And I'm like, oh God, why did I think that? And then all I can think is, what am I gonna do if I hear that? Exactly. I don't think a couple nine millimeter slugs is gonna stop La Llorona. start chanting. Yeah. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Other than that, I don't I'm not... I used to be big on jacking with paranormal stuff. Like, I used to go ghost hunting. I once did a Ouija board. And it, dude, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you one thing about that. That opens the door for a lot of things to mess with you. Because I had a lot of weird stuff going on right after I did that. All because my friends thought it was a good idea. I'm just saying though, like, never again, ever, ever. Ever again. I will never touch one of those. So when I stopped, I was just sitting there on the couch while they were doing it. And then Ben's cat snowball. He was like staring down the hall. And I was like, Snowy, what are you looking at? And the next thing I know, it arches its back and starts hissing. I was like, alright guys, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm gone. Like, I'll catch up with you guys tomorrow if you're alive. And I bolted, like, that was when Ben was living in the apartments. Yeah. I, like, ran down the stairs. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Did a hood slide across the truck, got in, crawled yeah. through the window like Dukes and Hazard. Did a bow duke, dented my hood. No. <laughs> Slides across, right? I think they both do. <clears throat> some, some points. You know, I never thought about until I tried it once what? and scratched the crap out of it. 
How do they not scratch the General Lee with the buttons on the back of their pockets? Because they have regulars that don't have buttons on their pockets. Well, I used to have Wranglers that had, like, the little, not buttons, but, you know, like, the, the little brass pins that go in your pocket at the top. Oh. That used to happen, but also, I think I'm probably about three times the size of Bo Duke, so. I don't know, they wrecked so many of them damn cars, it probably didn't matter if they put a scratch in Oh, I know it. I really liked the one with Johnny Knoxville and, uh, what's his name, Sean William Scott? Yeah. That's funny. Part's hilarious when they go through the construction site and they get stuck between the loaders. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> and then they're like six miles away from Boss Hogg's bar. Is it our last one there buys the beer? They literally ran the whole way just to see who would buy a beer. I'd make it like 30 feet and I'd be like, all right, I'll buy you a beer. Sphincter. Arctic man. I just don't know. Really high speed. 
down into the snow. So I have a wind block. But the snow that I dug out, I would use to build higher up. I mean, I don't even know how diggable that stuff is, you know? How frozen it is or any of that. I've never been there. Yeah, me either. I think your best bet is just to not go there. Yeah, you're probably right. sardine themselves onto the trains. And everywhere you go, you're bumping shoulders with people. I would lose my stuff, dude. Yeah. I would just go insane and start going on a linebacker, professional linebacker rampage and just plow into people to get to wherever I was going. Yeah. You know, the weird part, they probably wouldn't care. probably have manners, but they have European manners, which is not even You're at all close. On my boot. <laughs> not even at all close to how we're raised. Like, you know, you bump into somebody. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You know, like, yeah. my fault. Doesn't even bug them. They'll just run straight into you, and they're not even like, what? Watch where you're going. They just walk into you and keep going. Just bounce off and keep going. Pretty much. It was flipping annoying, dude. And just the way. <laughs> so I didn't know when I went there, right? I didn't know you're supposed to like use a fork and a knife for everything in Germany. Everything. Pizza. So we're yeah, at this pizza place. I am starving, dude. Starving, and I did bring this big old pizza out, and I'm like, oh. Fold it over, you know, fold it in half like I always do. I'm a big old slice of pizza, and I just start like mouthfuls of that stuff. I'm chowing down, throwing back my Pepsi, no straw. Turns out you're supposed to use a straw, no matter what. Like it's it's impolite to to like slurp, but even if you're not slurping, you're drinking it wrong if you're just drinking. And you're supposed to use a fork and a knife on everything you eat. And I, my and Uncle Scott's like, yeah, you're supposed to use a fork and a knife. That's why everybody's staring at you. And I, like, look around and the whole restaurant's staring at me. And I was just, like, all slow motion. Took another bite of pizza. And then everybody else was talking. Just guess. And there's this couple sitting right next to me. And they're, like, my age. Well my age now they're probably like their 30s early 30s and like <laughs> they were sitting there just staring at me <laughs> so I chewed up as much pizza as I could fit in my mouth and I just leaned over and I was like can I help you? <laughs> and they got all grossed out got up and left don't watch me eat my food bro like go 
was somewhere else. It was really cool when we landed, though, because they thought I was part of the German, one of the big German, uh, what do you call it, uh, rugby leagues. So I was wearing all my stuff, my football gear, wearing my sweats and my hoodie. They were like, oh, you know, what brings you here? Do you care for business or for pleasure? I was like, oh, yeah, just, just for pleasure. Like I had the you know, my football number and everything, and they were like, "Oh yes, yes, I, I love this team." And I was like, "Yeah, me too. It's pretty good." And they're like, "All right, this way." I didn't even have to go through security. They just took me around the kiosk, and they were asking me all kinds of questions. I just went with it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I really enjoy playing for these guys." You know. And. 45 minutes later, here comes everybody else through security. They're like, how did you get through? Like, they think I'm a rugby star. <laughs> they think I'm a rugby star. And when we were leaving, like, they did these little tests where they, like, because, I don't know if everybody knows this, but money all has trace amounts, pretty much all has trace amounts of cocaine on it. All Pretty much. A lot of it does. I don't know if it's like a byproduct of the way they make it or if it's just because people snort it with money or I don't know. But they have this little test when you're leaving Germany to see if you're like taking out any drugs or anything. <laughs> and the whole trip, right? Everybody except for JC just left me. So they don't care if you bring. They don't care if you bring in the drugs. They, they just care if you're taking. They them. didn't give you any like tests or anything, but they test your hands to see if you've been handling drugs or whatever. And I came up with like .10. I've never done cocaine. I've never done anything other than smoking weed once a day in my life. Like, and so the guy just like starts staring at me. When the little thing goes off, and I was like, everybody else is six miles ahead of me. I was trying to get their attention to stop. And he's just looking at me kind of sideways, and I was like, uh, sorry, dude, I gotta go. And I just walked away, and he didn't say nothing. He was just like, hmm. I, he didn't tell me if I was supposed to stay there, if I was supposed to get tested more, if I was. I was just saying, he was probably just sitting there thinking, how in the fuck am I going to get this guy in custody <laughs> by myself? <laughs> I was just like, alright dude, I gotta go. Grabbed my bag and took off and then... Pat him on the shoulder. I did. Yeah, I right. was like, I gotta go. <laughs> and then I got up to the check and everything. Put my bag through, my carry-on. Yeah. I was like, oh no. So when I went through the scanner, I had a beer stein... A book, my phone, uh, I think my Game Boy, and my headphones. I had my headphone wrapped around my Game Boy and my iPod. Oh, yeah. And my MP3, and on my MP3 player. I think my phone was in there. But the way everything looked on that, it looked like a, it looked like a bomb. <laughs> and the guy just, like, looks at me, and I was like kind of had this weird look on my face and he's all do you mind telling me about your heaven's back sir and I was all it's not what you think it is he's like what's in there so I think a book a phone an iPod some earbuds at a beer stein and he opens it and he's like oh you forgot about the snuff and I was like oh yeah the snuff sorry sorry I was a little bit distracted by the fact that I might be going to prison <laughs>
That's never happened to me once. I'm sure there's people out there that it has happened to, though. Oh, I'm sure, but, like, all these stories you hear, like, nightmare stories about airport security and all that junk, and then I've flown several times, and I've never had a problem. Except for when they put you in that stupid wave machine. They might make you go through a gate where you like have to hold your arms up over your head and like it scans you. It's called a millimeter wave. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Because sometimes it doesn't work. And they'll make you do it over and over and over again until it works. Instead of just being like, all right, step over here, we'll wand you. Hmm. Then, like, when I had my leg brace on, I could not convince people when I came back to America from Germany. Yeah, I'm in a full leg brace. They're like, well, the metal detector keeps going off. I was like, yeah, because there's metal inside my full leg brace, dude. He's like, I told you people I can't take it off. I have to wear it. And then finally, the one supervisor came over there and he's like, what's the problem? I was like, your people do not understand that there is metal in a full leg brace. And he's like, well, can you take the leg brace off? I'm like, no. He's like, well, do you mind if somebody pats you down and, like, your pockets and stuff? I was like, no. I just want to get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just like to get this over with. All right, folks. Sorry, I had a little, do a little stretch. <laughs> oh, it feels so amazing to stretch like that. I know, man. Well, that's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back tonight with uh, some different scenarios. All right, toodles.